there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Uh, we're going to continue with our summer series entitled Gone Fishing, uh, where we've been looking at fishing stories that center in and around the life of, of Jesus. Um, so what I'd like to do real quickly is a recap so I can kind of set up today's message, uh, and this will be brief. Uh, we kind of opened up this series with a sermon called The Fish Gate. And in the city of Jerusalem, there were 12 gates. One of them was known as the Fish Gate. It faced the Sea of Galilee. And this was the gate that probably Peter, James, John, Andrew, and Jesus himself walked through many times. Fishermen would bring fish through the fish gate, and right inside was the marketplace, the fish market, uh, where you would buy and sell uh, different types of fish. And here's what we said. We said the fish gate represents the marketplace, the, the places where we work, the places where our kids go to school, uh, the communities and the neighborhoods that we live in, the places where we shop and, we, and where we do life. And, and here's what we said. We win people to Jesus Christ, not in these walls, but out in the marketplace. We've got to be out in the marketplace witnessing for Christ. Week two, we looked at the calling of the disciples. That's that famous, I will make you fishers of men passage. Um, he tells the uh, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew specifically, hey, you're going to put down your, your fishing nets, and you're not going to fish for fish anymore. You're going to fish for people. And here's what we said. No matter what your vocation is in life, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a plumber, a carpenter, a dentist, whatever you do, if you're a Christian, you've been given a second occupation. We've all been commissioned, commanded by Jesus to fish for people, to fish for souls. Um, we, uh, we have that challenge on us as well. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, we looked at the parable of the dragnet, uh, where you have a lake, and, and Jesus tells this parable of, of these guys casting a net, and they bring the fish in, and then they sort the fish. They keep the good fish, and they throw the bad fish away. And, and, and here's what we said. It takes a lot of pressure off of you, because you don't have to prejudge anybody anymore. You don't have to sort and say, well, that person's worthy to hear the gospel and that person's not. We just throw the net to all kinds of people in this world and Jesus does the sorting and the judging, but we've got to cast a wide net. And so during those three messages, uh, I, I saw a lot of heads shaking and we would all say, yes, we agree. We need to be in the marketplace. Yes, we are called to be fishers of men. Yes, we've got to throw the net. We've got to throw the gospel out to everyone. And we would all say, amen and yes. So this morning, I want to ask a simple question. And it's the title of the sermon. The question is simply this. When? When are we going to start doing this? When are you going to be a fisher of men and women in your circles? The people you work with, the people you, the neighborhoods you live in, 
the family members who don't know Christ, uh, the, 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 the kids and the parents on your little league team. When? In other words, what are we waiting for? And so I hope you brought your steel toe boots this morning because it's going to be a little uh, toe stepping going on. Um, On paper, here at Elevate Christian Church, our primary mission on paper is this. We want to connect people to God. That's That's the first thing that we want to do. And if I could be honest with you, right now that's not happening like it should. It's absolutely not. Like, like I say, we shake our heads at the right time during the message. We may even squeak out a, a, a little puny amen here and there. Uh, and, and we talk the talk. But when are we going to go into the marketplace? And when are we going to go in the marketplace with our nets, being fishers of men, throwing gospel seeds everywhere? When? I uh, was reading this story, uh, it's a true story, about a man who owned a, a little fishing lodge uh, in, a, in a place called Beaver Island. It's in the UP of Michigan. Uh, it's on Lake Michigan. It's a very, very beautiful place. It's hard to get to. It's expensive to get to. It's expensive to stay there. And so this guy r- runs a fishing lodge. And he says year after year, people come for weeks at a time and they spend their days fishing. And then at night, they gather around this fireplace and they tell tales of the one that got away. Well, he goes in and he talks about this one man in particular who showed up and he came to the lodge and he was outfitted with the the finest fishing gear that money could buy. If you were looking for a picture of a fisherman to put on a magazine cover, he said this was was the guy. I mean, he looked just like a fisherman, had all this fancy uh, equipment and clothing. But he said the whole week he never fished, not one time. He spent day after day reading or walking up and down the lake shoreline, but he never dropped a line in the water one single time. Now, finally, the the guy who owned the lodge couldn't, couldn't contain himself anymore, and he asked him, he said, you spent all this money to come up here. And spend a week, and you're not even even fishing. What's going on? And the guy answered, he said, well, I used to fish, but not so much anymore. He said, but you cannot find a nicer group of people to hang around than fishermen. So I just come to be around them and listen to their stories. Now, for me, that's hard to imagine with bluegill and bass just waiting to strike This man preferred to sit in the fishing lodge or stroll along the shore. I've come to find in life it's always easier to talk about something than to actually go out and do it. But does staying in a fishing lodge and wearing expensive fishing clothes make that man a fisherman? No. The lake, not the lodge, is where the fish are. The lake, not the lodge, is where the fish are biting. The only fish that end up in the lodge have already been caught. And so we cannot, as a church, come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and listen to a bunch of stories about Jesus and fishing and not go out and fish. And so with that in mind, I want to take you uh, to John chapter 21. 
And we're only going to look at part of this passage this morning uh, because in two weeks we're going to look at, at this passage in detail as we close this series out. Uh, so before we land in John chapter 21, let me just set the scene real quickly for you. Um, this is towards the end of the gospel of John. And so Jesus has been, has been murdered. He has been crucified. He has died. All right. He has been put in the tomb, but now the tomb is empty. And the disciples are, are, are left scratching their head. They're left wondering, and they're trying to figure out, what do we do next? He's gone. And Peter, who is a disciple we've talked about a lot because he is a fisherman, I think he was stressed out to the max. I think he was sad. I think he was depressed. I think he was disappointed. And he's ready for some stress relief. And the, the only thing that he can think to do to kind of get away from all that is to go fishing. So look with me at John chapter 21. We're going to pick up in verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, that's the other disciples in the upper room, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and they got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So in a real sense, the disciples has, have posted the gone fishing sign in the upper room, left the upper room, went to the lake, and they fished, but the text tells us it was a fruitless trip. They fished all night long, and, and they caught nothing. Let me just pause here for a minute and ask you, have you ever felt that way when it comes to winning people to Christ? Like maybe you've been a Christian for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you've caught nothing. You've witnessed Christ to nobody. You've not led a single person to Christ. Uh, let me throw a statistic out at you. According to the Billy Graham School of Evangelism at Wheaton College, this is a staggering statistic. It tells us that 90% of born-again Christians will never even try to share their faith with one single person during their faith walk with Jesus. 90%. How in the world are we supposed to be fishers of men and women if we never fish for men and women? You see, I think there's a difference between fishing and what they call in the fishing world, wetting a line. Let me explain to you. There are really two types of fishermen or fisherwomen, whatever, whichever you are. Some fish to catch fish, okay? And they're not going to be satisfied until that live well is full, until that cooler is full at the end of the day. Anything less is considered a failure. But then there are those who we call recreational fishermen. And they're more interested in the experience than they are catching fish, they're satisfied with, with, with just getting out for the day and wetting the line. If they catch a few fish, that's fine. But if they don't, they're still going to enjoy the trip. Now, think about this for a minute. What may be enjoyable as a recreational pastime is deadly from a spiritual perspective. The church, that is the universal followers of Jesus, 
We are called, we are commissioned, we are commanded by Jesus to be fishers of men. Yet 90% of us just are happy with wetting a line. We have little concern if we have the right approach to winning anyone to Christ. We have little concern if we're fishing for in the right place for the right people. And worst of all, we have little concern if we catch any fish at all during our faith walk with Jesus Christ. Our mantra is, I've got my ticket to heaven. I am good. The rest of y'all, you just figure it out on your own. Most Christians, let me say this again, 90% could care less if they won anyone to Jesus Christ or not. Now, as a pastor, this troubles my heart. And I constantly wrestle with the question, why? Why do we come in here and we talk about being fishers of men and people will shake their head and they'll say amen. But when they leave here, the message leaves them and they witness to nobody the week thereafter. Why? Could it be that maybe one reason that some folks aren't too quick to see many people coming into the church is the same reason that many people don't care if they catch too many fish at the lake or not? Because fish are messy. If you catch a mess of fish, you've got work to do, don't you? You've got to clean them when you get home. It's much easier for me to just wet a line. Like I enjoy sitting under a shady tree, eating a peanut butter sandwich, and drinking God's sweet nectar of life, Mountain Dew, while my line's in the water. If I catch a fish, I catch a fish. If I don't, I don't. But I'm just... I love the experience. You see, it doesn't take much effort to fish and not catch anything, does it? But it takes immense hard work and effort to fish like you really want to fill up your cooler full of fish. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19? He's talking to the disciples. He says, and he said to them, follow me and I will, look at that word make. It's not an option. I will make you fishers of men. So I want to pause just for a second and give you just just a few seconds on self-reflection. I want you to answer this question to yourself. How are you doing at being a fisher of men and women? The question is, what kind of fisher of men are you? Are we content to just take a fishing pole into the backyard and put a weight on it and practice casting? Or are we truly after fish and we'll do whatever it takes to witness Jesus Christ to our loved ones? You know, I think the American evangelical church is in trouble. I think we have mastered the art of fishing without ever really catching a fish. We're like the guy in the story at the beginning. We come dressed up for church. We bring our big old Bible. We bring our tackle. And we like to hear stories about fishing. But when it's time to go, we put those down and we go on with our lives. 90%. Joe Elaine says this, Instead of fishing for men and women, we often busy ourselves by attending fishing seminars like this, telling fishing stories, or at best, fixing up the fishing camp, i.e. the church. You see, there's simply no urgency 
when it comes to actually witnessing and telling people about Jesus. How many of you have ever seen a fish out of water flopping on the ground, right? You ever caught a fish and it's fallen off your hook? Um, you got these fish that are just flopping on the ground. Why are they flopping on the ground like that? Because they're dying. They're trying to get back into the water. They need water to survive. And so each one of these fish that you see flopping behind you represents your loved one, a family member who we claim we love who doesn't know Jesus, co-workers who we claim we love who are lost without Jesus, neighbors and friends who will die and go to hell because we refuse to do what Jesus called us to do. You see, to me, this is an urgent matter. And it's not just Elevate Christian Church, but it's churches everywhere. It has been well publicized, this statistic, it's been out, and this was pre-COVID, it's even worse now, that 70% of American evangelical churches have plateaued or are declining. That means seven out of every ten churches in our county are shrinking week by week. And so it begs us to ask the question, are we truly fishing? Or is, is church just a recreational hobby for us? I have read that Mark Twain uh, loved to relax and simply do nothing by sitting by the river. He loved to go fishing, but he hated to catch fish because he didn't want to clean them. But when he tried to relax by simply sitting by the river, people thought he was lazy. But he found if he went fishing, he could relax all he wanted. People would see him by the river and say, oh, look, he's fishing. We better not bother him. So what Twain did is he had the perfect solution. He got a fishing pole, a line, and a bobber, but he wouldn't put anything on the hook, and he would just throw the pole out, and he would cast the bobber into the water, and he would just sit there on the shore. That way, he could relax all he wanted, and as he put it, he wouldn't be bothered by neither man nor fish. He would look busy without actually doing anything. 90% of you, statistically, will never share your faith with your loved ones. 70% of our churches in this country are shrinking week by week. How in the world can we call ourselves fishers of people if we don't actually fish for people? So I'm going to ask you again. When? When are we going to answer the call of Jesus? So let me go back to our text for a minute, John 21. They fished all night long. They caught nothing. We'll pick up in verse 4. Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Now, this is resurrected Jesus here. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. So they're pretty far out, and Jesus hollers out to them, Children! Do you have any fish? I could see them all hanging their heads, and they answered, no. They fished all night, no fish. So let, let me pause and say this for the 
that, that do witness. Sometimes we do fish earnestly, don't we? As the disciples, but we're simply fishing in the wrong places. We're toiling and we're catching nothing. Our nets are, have been thrown out, but they're coming up empty. Why is that? It may be because we're fishing in the wrong place. You see, the disciples didn't see the fish anywhere all around them until Jesus came on the scene and guided them. Look at verse 6. He, Jesus, said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. In other words, he's telling them where the fish are. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And so when I read that, um, I, I want to ask you a question. Have you, if ever, prayed specifically for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to lead you to the right person at the right moment in time to share the gospel? Man, if we started praying that prayer and believing that he would answer that prayer, we wouldn't be able to have enough room to hold people in this church. We would explode exponentially in growth. See, because we may not know where the lost fish are, but Jesus does, right? And we've got to remember to ask him because he's the expert. So several years ago, before I started having all these kids, or before my wife and I had all these kids, um, I used to own a boat, you know. And I used to tournament fish, bass fish. I, I loved to fish. And I had a partner, his name was Jeff, and Jeff used to go to church here until he moved uh, to his job, took him away. But we started fishing these, these tournaments uh, where, where you fish all day and then you weigh the fish you caught and whoever has the most wins. And I, I'll never forget our very first tournament was on Lake Gunnersville in northern Alabama. It's a beautiful lake. It's a legendary lake for bass supposed to be one of the best lakes in the country uh, to fish. And so we had a tournament where we were going to fish all day Friday and all day Saturday. We decided to go up Wednesday night so we could pre-fish all day Thursday. Very first tournament we ever fished in, Lake Gunnersville, in February. Now what I love about the South here is a lot of times in February, uh, you, you, you could have a day where you can go out in shorts and a t-shirt. But sometimes in February it's cold. And this particular trip, it was in the 30s, and the wind was howling. And I'll never forget uh, not being able to pull the trailer off of the boat ramp, barely because the, it was iced over. And after fishing for about an hour and a half, we had to shake our pole because the eyelets were freezing shut. It was miserable. So for three days, from daybreak to twilight, we fished and we fished and it was cold and it was windy and, and, and it was the most miserable fishing trip I've ever been on. So in three days, guess how many fish both of us caught total together? Zero. Zero fish. It was awful. It was my first tournament and I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm moving on to another hobby. And I'll never forget that last day we got the boat out of the water and uh, we didn't really have to stay to, to, to weigh our fish because we caught none, but I, we decided to stay. And I started talking to this other guy who was there with his son. And, and we were talking, and I said, man, how'd you do out there? And he said, man, we tore them up. And I was like scratching my head. And I'm like, we fished for three days, and we didn't catch anything. And you told me you tore them up. He wasn't part of the fishing tournament. 
I learned, he told me, he said, well, my son and I drove here from Mississippi and uh, we hired a fishing guide who lives on Lake Gunnersville. And he took us to all these spots and, and we caught fish after fish after fish. In other words, hear me, someone smarter was telling him where to cast. And listen, you may be a very smart cookie, but Jesus is smarter than you. Let him lead you. Pray that prayer. Lord, I want to be a fisher of men. Lord, I, I, I want to win souls for you. I want to be a witness. Lead me to where the fish are. Because in the text, Jesus guided the disciples where the fish were located. From way back on shore. Hey, throw it to the right side of the boat. And with his eyes, finally they could see the fish schooling. And I think he does the same for us. If we look with the eyes of Jesus, we will see people who are in need all around us. Uh, let me take you to another passage of Scripture real quick. It's not a, this one's not about fishing. This one's about farming. It's in John chapter 4, verse 35. Here's what it says. These are red-letter words. This is Jesus. Jesus says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. You know, I've come to find that fishing is a lot like farming. You see results in proportion to the work that you put into the endeavor. The harder you work on a farm, the more things grow. The harder we work fishing, the more fish that we catch. And so I want to ask you one final time, in your life, in your personal life, when? When are you going to start fishing? Four months from now? When you retire, then I'll get serious about it? When I graduate from high school? When I graduate from college? Or the, the, the number one answer we always tell ourselves, tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. When? Because here's what, I here's what I have found. People need Jesus Christ today. They don't need him tomorrow. They need him right now. So when are we going to tell them? I've had the privilege of being on staff here at Elevate for 20 years. And I've lived in Paulding County for about 25 years um, I've seen a lot of changes in the church, but, man, I have seen a lot of changes in this little sleepy town of Hiram, Georgia. When I first started working at this church, we were, in a, we were a little country church with this little brick building out front, and we were in, right in the middle of this chicken farm. There weren't houses anywhere. It was this beautiful farm. Uh, there was a Walmart, a Kmart, a Kroger, and a Publix. That was about it. And I could leave this church, and in about 90 seconds from here, I could be to the Walmart in Hiram. My, how things change. Paulding County is booming. And I'm sure, because I've heard some of you talk about the traffic here. If uh, <laughs> on a Saturday or e even any day during the week, if I were tr to leave this church and try to take it to Walmart, I wouldn't make it 90 seconds. It may take me 90 minutes sometimes. <laughs> it's just crazy the amount of people that have moved into Paulding County. Okay. And so I was kind of like established here, right? 
Like, I didn't grow up here, but I'd been here long enough. And I'm like, why are all these people moving in here? Because it's become an inconvenience to some extent. Because more people means way more traffic, which is my number one frustration in this world is for traffic. More traffic means more accidents, more people, more uh, people in the stores, longer waits at restaurants, longer waits in the grocery store. It's just hard to get around. And I have taken on the mantra that even the, the last couple of years, actually since COVID has kind of let up and traffic has kind of come back, I've taken on the mantra like, where are these people coming from? Please leave our county. Not because I don't like you, but because you're an obstacle in my way. I just want to get to Walmart. I don't want to, I want to be playing a game of Frogger trying to get out on the road. And I've found myself just constantly frustrated and a little bit bitter. And so I've been praying about it. Um, and, and yesterday, of all, all times, uh, I was in the shower. And that's where I, I pray. I pray in the shower a lot. Um, <clears throat> And, and what I do is I, I'll pray for half the time, and then the other half the time, uh, you can call it meditation, you can call it which one, I just listen. All right, and I love being in the shower when I pray, because it, I, I go back to Genesis, to the uh, creation account, when, the, when the, the world was void and it was formless, it was just water, and you had the, the Spirit of God just kind of hovering on the water. And so I'll pray, and then I just like to hear the water run, and I ask the Lord, like, like, Give me a word. Give me something. Um, and this specific prayer was, and I am so frustrated. Like it, I, I don't even want to go into town anymore. There's just people everywhere. Now, he didn't speak to me in an audible voice, but here's what the Holy Spirit did. He shoved a scripture into the forefront of my mind. And it's very similar to the scripture I just read to you in Matthew chapter 9. But it was this. Or, or John chapter 4, it was Matthew chapter 9, which is this. And when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he didn't get frustrated. He didn't say, man, it's going to take a long time to get through Samaria now. All these people in my way. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, and I can imagine him pointing to a beautiful field of wheat or something like that, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You know who he's asking the disciples to pray for in this text? Us. That in 2021, Hiram is going to explode and be a boom town. And there's all of these new fish swimming in. And they're schooling together. And many of them do not have a hope in this world. They're flopping around. Trying to, trying to breathe, trying to, to, to find their way to something that gives them life. And you know the secret that I know. True life, life worth living, everlasting eternal life only comes through Jesus Christ.
And so here's what I've learned. All this time as this traffic and we've been booming, I've been viewing these people as obstacles. You're just in my way because I'm trying to get to Walmart quickly. It's like the Holy Spirit said, "Uh uh-uh. These aren't obstacles. These are opportunities. The fish are swimming in. They're schooling up. They're everywhere. Go fish for men. Go fish for women. Go fish for souls. Let me give you one last thing to consider here. Um, When I fish my whole life, um, I've always been what you call a catch and release fisherman, um, where you just, I don't really, I don't like the taste of fish per se. Um, So I'll catch fish and I'll just release them gently back into the water. It's called catch and release. I want you to consider this. We, you and I, fish for men and women so they can be saved. In a sense, we are really catch and release fishermen. Stay with me here. Because the devil is fishing for people too, right? But you know why he's fishing? He wants to put on the biggest fish fry in the history of humanity. He's fishing to fry them, to condemn them to a life separated from God in hell. We fish to catch them so God can release them from their sin and their bondage and they can be free indeed. And so I would say this as we close this thing down. Anyone that's in here today that is a Christian, a true believer in Jesus Christ, the only reason you're here is because someone saw you harassed and helpless and they introduced Jesus Christ to you. He did the saving, but they did the fishing. All of us are here. And so we owe that to the people around us, especially in our own families, in our own neighborhoods, in our own circles of friends, to be compassionate and share Jesus with them. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.